0: I am so frickin' excited for this episode.
1: Yeah, me too. But I feel like there should be a warning, because I'm not entirely sure what weird avenues this will take us down. (laughs) But for all you parents out there, I'm going to suggest that you maybe listen to this when your kids are not around. Mm. Even though this warning should have been on many past episodes, too, now that I think about it.
0: Very true.
1: Then again, maybe people already know that the Shorky sisters take things to weird places.
0: Well, and that's probably why most people listen to us, I would imagine.
1: Welcome to the Jacked on the Beanstalk Vegan Podcast, hosted by the Shorky Sisters. Repping the vegan hippie meatheads of the world is Sam, the first ever vegan World Naturals Bikini Pro, coach, author, and blogger, who's got an ass that's out of this world. Repping the busy, tired moms of the world is Sarah. And her ass is, well, mediocre. Together, they're on a mission to live with purpose and unlock the mysteries of a healthy mind, body, and spirit. So grab a seat in the back of Sarah's minivan and enjoy the ride.
0: Listeners and welcome to the 75th episode of the Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast. I know that's a new milestone, Sarah. Mm-hmm. And what better topic to ring in 75 episodes than uh, talking about bodily stinks Naturally. And boy oh boy guys do I ever have some good stories for this one.
1: So everybody grab some popcorn and enjoy the show.
0: All right so first things first let's clear the air and ask the big question everyone's wondering. Do you stink Sarah? <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the big question everyone's wondering? Well I hope not since we're crammed in a tiny closet but true. I I suppose it's possible occasionally. I don't know. Although, interestingly enough, after we did the sweatisode, I stopped wearing deodorant.
0: Oh, really? So the sweat podcast was what inspired you to stop wearing it
1: yeah well remember we talked about what you put into your body comes out your pores of course and most of the time I don't put that much gross shit into my body not to mention
0: you had your sweat glands removed from your armpits for god's sakes is that your
1: favorite fact about me they still sweat
0: It's important information, I feel like, for people to know.
1: Well, I'm glad you take that upon yourself to share it with everyone.
0: You're welcome.
1: But no, regarding the B.O. aspect, I think it started with conducting an experiment to see if my pits stunk when I didn't wear any deodorant. And around the same time, I had made the mistake for like the 10th time of buying some ridiculously priced vegan deodorant Mm -hmm. that just smelled horrible on my body.
0: Yeah, been there too.
1: Yeah, so I just kind of went, fuck this. Let's try nothing.
0: And was I right? You're now on Team Bear Pits?
1: Yes. The only time I will put on deodorant is if I'm going to like some big outdoor gathering and it's hot as balls.
0: Perfect segue, actually, into my big story I would like to share with all of our beloved listeners. I set them up and you knock them down. Damn straight. All right. So obviously, for all you Jacked on the Beanstalk podcast super fans, because there's so many of you, you probably remember me saying that if you eat a very clean, plant-based diet, Full of fruits and veggies and drink tons of water all day long, of course, well, you really should not be emitting any intense bodily odors. And fine, yes, there are obviously some people who have medical conditions that might be the exception to the stank rule, but as someone who trains hard and sweats a lot, like most days of the week, I do firmly believe and am physical proof that your body will always give you signs and tell you what is going on with it if you are able to really tune in and actually listen. Or in some people's cases, it will be blatantly obvious that something is clearly wrong via an odor that is so fucking pungent it burns your nostrils.
1: And makes your eyes water.
0: Yes. So... As we will learn, when Harry was about 18 months old, guys, I was finally ready to get back into the dating world. And yes, I created a profile on Facebook dating app. And yes, I matched with this six foot five, 265 pound power lifter. He was smoking hot, a great dad. And all I wanted to do was climb that boy like a tree. Wow. And, uh, We exchanged numbers, we immediately started some hot and heavy texting. Now, bear in mind, everybody, that it had also been almost two years since I'd been laid, okay? So, literally, I had not even kissed somebody in almost two years.
1: That's no excuse.
0: (laughs) And, okay, fine. Long story short, he was everything I thought I could want in a man, except for one... Minor detail? That he literally smelled like a rotting corpse's ball sack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know that guy at the gym who clearly is wearing a pair of gym shorts for a second possibly third day without washing them, and he comes over to the bench next to you, and you get this intense whiff of like salt and vinegar chips (laughs) mixed with sweaty ass crack, and it's most unpleasant to the point that you go onto the opposite end of the gym to avoid breathing in his stank, but the longer he works out, the more intense it gets, and soon enough, he's literally...
1: out the entire gym.
0: Yes. Well, sir, I trained with this guy once, and yes, he was totally that guy. And even his truck smelled at all times.
1: Okay, so let's just stop here for one second. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just interested to know that when you discovered that he was that guy, mm-hmm. what thoughts were going through your mind at this time?
0: It was honestly devastating because here I was horny as a toad, and incredibly attracted to this guy on many levels, and then questioning whether this was something that qualified as a legitimate deal breaker. It was, I felt bad, like, am I a horrible person for feeling like this is a deal breaker?
1: Uh, no, not a horrible person. Yes, deal breaker. The answer is yes.
0: Yeah, but then the nutrition coach inside of me and let's be honest, the fire burning inside of my vagina were both saying, no, we can work through this. We, we've got this. This is not the end of the world. So basically, I let a couple of weeks go by where I was forcing this poor bastard to drink fresh pressed green juices <laughs> every time we hung out. I'd make him pineapple smoothies after we'd trained together. And my theory was that this guy's body was so acidic because he did eat a lot of meat and animal-based foods. And I kept thinking, ah, if I could just alkalize his body and force him him to drink more water and more chlorophyll. Surely we can get through this.
1: Okay, so now let's take it to the next phase. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone what you did. <laughs> and for all of our listeners who are currently eating, you might want to stop right now.
0: <sighs> I had sex with him.
1: No, that's not it. It's much, much <laughs> worse.
0: I gave him a blowjob. A
1: now, here's what I don't understand. How could you possibly do that? And I mean yeah. that physically and just in every which way. Because mm. you couldn't possibly be closer to the problem. And you couldn't even breathe through your mouth. Mm. So it was just full, deep deep inhalation <laughs> of rotting corpse ball sack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, please do not make me relive this traumatic moment yeah it was awful it yeah was...
1: i don't know how you didn't throw up all over his junk like <laughs> i wouldn't have even made it past unbuttoning his pants do not go in there
0: Woo! Well, let's just say that after it was all said and done, we decided to watch Lord of the Rings for some reason. Oh, good.
1: Yeah. One of the longest movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, Ew, he sat on your furniture?
0: No, this was in my bedroom, and I can so clearly remember opening up Every window in the house And feeling so badly For little Harry Who was asleep in his bedroom
1: Being asphyxiated
0: But I was so angry Like I remember opening up Every window And like freezing my ass off But the stink was just so overwhelming Like it intensified After the (laughs) sex And the worst part Was that he fell asleep Immediately afterwards Like as soon as the movie started And was snoring so loud loudly and my whole house just reeked and I was like just so angry like what the fuck how why I if
1: he was asleep couldn't you have just taken like a can of aerosol directly to his balls
0: yeah I don't know but that was the moment that I literally remember sitting in my kitchen just so enraged thinking that I literally have to burn my sheets and just reflecting on the whole situation saying like, no, there is no frigging way. This is absolutely 100% a deal breaker. And that was that. Yeah, I
1: just can't believe it took rotten balls in your face for you to realize that.
0: Well, I guess it took a two-year-long dry spell to cloud my judgment. I don't know. Whatever the case, let's just send him love energetically and hope that there is someone out there who is attracted to his particular pheromones, Mm. if you want to call them that, or his lack of hygiene. (laughs) Uh, And, hey, apparently he was married for 10 years and had three children with some woman, so clearly... She didn't mind it.
1: Uh, clearly she had no sense of smell whatsoever.
0: Yeah, maybe. But whatever the case, let's take this moment to actually dive into pheromones a little bit more, shall we, sir? Oh, interesting. Okay. Science in osmology, a.k.a. the study of odors, have determined, ladies and gentlemen, that both sexes are attracted to each other through chemical messengers. And it is these chemicals, pheromones, that stimulate sexual arousal, desire, hormone levels, and even fertility when they are released. And it is these pheromones that are detected through smell and present in bodily secretions such as sweat, urine, semen, vaginal fluids, breast milk, and certain other bodily fluids. And the odor of these chemicals can even be smelled through clothing. Also worth noting that an infant can connect with its mother by detecting the smell of her pheromones. Yes, the ability to smell pheromones essentially helps each and every one of us to subconsciously recognize a potential compatible mate for the purpose of reproduction. This is, of course, possible because you are attracted to the pheromones of certain individuals, whereas others mimic that of a rotting corpse testicles. And
1: those people will be alone forever. (laughs) Wash your balls, you disgusting pieces of shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, something else that i've always found interesting at least for me as a woman is whether i taste or smell differently depending on where i'm at in my monthly cycle because i've always believed that when it's my fertile week my partner is going to taste me at my finest if you will but then i did ask my last boyfriend if he noticed a difference and he said not really
1: yeah i would think the same as you
0: and i will say that he definitely thought i tasted better or my vegan vagina, i should say, tasted sweeter than the vaginal secretions of the previous animal eating partners that he's had and i've pretty much heard this from every guy i've dated to be honest so i really wanted to dig into the research on both of these topics for this episode to see if my theories are correct and of course share our findings with everybody listening so First, why don't we discuss if we ladies do smell and taste better during our peak reproductive times, and apparently we do. So get this, guys, considering how many scientifically proven changes our bodies go through during the most fertile phase of the month, it's obviously no surprise that a shift in scent would also take place. And it's not just down there that you might notice a difference in odor. Apparently, one research study I found showed that men who were exposed to the scent of an ovulating woman's t-shirt displayed higher levels of testosterone than men who sniffed the shirts of a non-ovulating woman. Then there was a study conducted by the University of California, and they discovered that even the pitch of a woman's voice gets higher when she's ovulating. And how cool is this? Even strippers have been known to earn higher tips when they're at their most fertile, according to a study by the University of New Mexico.
1: Well, that could also be because we feel our sexiest during ovulation. So right. maybe the strippers are giving it their all, and that's contributing to the higher tips too.
0: That could totally be right. And it's a fact that the closer you get to ovulation, the higher your estrogen levels rise. And this basically causes your cervix to produce more fertile quality mucus, Mm. meaning it's thinner and like a home away from home for all that semen. (laughs) And it would only make sense that fertile mucus is going to smell sweeter and taste better than less fertile mucus, which apparently has a more vinegary scent. I don't think mine smells much like vinegar, though.
1: Well, maybe that goes back to the whole acidic thing you were mentioning earlier, Mm. because I know the pH levels change with the vagina, so it would make sense that it would be more acidic at certain times of the month.
0: Well, according to my research, in the first half of our cycle, when our bodies are ramping up, ready to ovulate, we will have a more clear-colored, stringy discharge with little to no odor at all.
1: Wait, are we talking about twats or dicks right now?
0: Twats? I just said ramping up to ovulate. Aren't men equally fertile all the time?
1: Oh, yeah, I know. Sorry, my mind was elsewhere. I didn't hear the first part. I just heard stringy. <laughs>
0: Well, if there is an odor at all, it will likely be slightly sweet smelling due to the acidity of the vagina. Whereas after you ovulate, that's when the mucus gets thicker and more white in color. And that's when it will apparently be more vinegary in smell. But I should also mention that the difference might be so subtle that you or your sexual partners probably aren't going to notice. And if there is a really strong stank, well then, my friend, your best bet is to get your ass and crotch into the doctor because you probably have some kind of infection, be it bacterial, maybe, yeah, maybe rotting corpse balls had major yeast overgrowth now that I think of it. I think, yeah, guys can totally get that too.
1: And you ate it.
0: And on that note, do vegans actually taste better?
1: Don't think you're going to find that answer on WebMD.
0: Yeah, we were hard pressed to find any scientific studies that have been done on this, unfortunately. However, I did find a credible article on Healthline.com titled 13 Things to Know About Vaginal Taste, and I thoroughly enjoyed this line. A healthy vagina doesn't taste like flowers, a fresh summer breeze, or vanilla. It tastes like vagina. (laughs) (laughs) And it did state the obvious that what you eat and drink does in fact play a role in what goes into your mucosal secretions. Mm. And it even listed red meat and dairy as being two of the biggest culprits for changing your taste in a bad way, of course, whereas drinking plenty of water and eating nutrient-dense fruits and veggies will have a positive effect. I also thought it was interesting that it said any food that modifies the smell of your sweat or pee will also modify the secretions from your vagina, which will, of course, impact taste. So, does that mean if I eat a ton of asparagus, my vag is gonna stank? I feel as though I should test this.
1: I was gonna say in all your years as a bikini competitor when you were eating asparagus at every meal you must have had one hell of a musty stink wallet.
0: (laughs) Well I did never notice that thank god but I also was drinking like six liters of water a day so maybe that cancelled out the stink. Maybe. And actually, that same article recommended daily exercise for improving the smell of your slop hole. So maybe all the good things I was doing offset all of the asparagus consumption. Too bad I didn't have a boyfriend at the time to clarify.
1: No, I think it's probably a good thing you didn't.
0: Well, what about all you physique competitors listening? You let us know. Coralie, I know you're in the final stages of prep, so I know how much asparagus you're eating. Can you please ask your husband to do a whiff test for us? (laughs) How fresh are those scrambled eggs between your legs right before you step on stage? Let us know and leave us your thoughts on the comments section for the show notes of this episode at jackedonthebeanstalk.com. Okay, so I'm sure we've all heard the theory that if men want to make their semen taste better, they should be drinking tons of pineapple juice. What?
1: Oh, is that why you were making smelly balls drink all those smoothies?
0: Yeah, you've never heard that? No. And
1: wouldn't pineapple be considered acidic?
0: Actually, no. It's basically the same thing as lemon water. Yes, it's citrus and obviously an acidic fruit, but it actually has an alkalizing effect inside the body. But as we already mentioned earlier, you are what you eat. And unfortunately... I thought this was interesting. That effect wouldn't even be noticeable right away. In fact, prostate fluid in ejaculate is made weeks, if not months, beforehand. So semen-sweetening pineapple would have to be consumed long before... You
1: sucked smelly balls'
0: dick long before the day of sex, yes, to make any kind of noticeable difference, that is correct. I did actually think that was interesting, because even I admit that, like, on days I've known I was going to be having, like, a sex fest, I purposely was like, okay, I'm gonna, like, drink tons of water and eat and drink lots of smoothies and lots of, like, fresh fruit, but clearly it's more important for me to do that like the weeks before. But yeah, anyway, this whole pineapple theory really didn't hold up when I searched it, let it be known, other than a bunch of Reddit posts, (laughs) uh, which I don't think we can credit them too much. But pineapple does, however, pack a good dose of B vitamins, fiber, and of course, tons of vitamin C. So,
1: and tastes delicious.
0: Yeah. Just not going to make your piss flaps taste like <laughs> tropical fruit, unfortunately. Are we wrapping up now? I don't know. Do you feel like we've even shared anything helpful on this episode?
1: I don't know about helpful, but it's actually been a lot more informative than I thought it ever would have been.
0: Oh, okay, good.
1: Yeah, actually this went in a way different direction than I expected it. Really?
0: Okay, cool. Well, I don't feel like it has been all that useful. Um... I didn't say (laughs) useful. Well, maybe we should talk about douches and yonis.
1: Yonis? I don't even know what that is. Really?
0: Oh, well, it's all the rage in the spiritual hippie world.
1: Well, that would explain why I've never heard of it.
0: Yeah, I wonder if our listeners are familiar with yonis. So basically, the word yoni is Sanskrit for womb or vagina, if you will. And in uh, Indian or Hindu culture, the yoni is what is considered the source of life, the divine passage, if you will.
1: I think it's considered that in biology and simple anatomy as well.
0: Yes, no shit, smartass. But in Hindu culture, it transcends beyond the anatomical stuff, Sarah, because it is basically what they consider the temple of where our divine female essence can and should be honored. Okay. And how do we do that?
1: By douching with sage or something?
0: Well, to be honest, you're not too far off with oh, that. Oh god. <laughs> so there are actually a few things you can do to balance your yoni. Mm,
1: please tell me.
0: There are jade gemstones that are basically shaped like an egg and you shove that up your love canal. And apparently, once it's up there, your body is then able to harness the good energies that emit from the jade stone.
1: Okay, and, sorry, uh, why do we need to balance our yonis?
0: Well, I think between our periods and menstrual cycles, our even having sex, or, hello, childbirth, our crotches, you know, they go through a lot, and actually, that's another supposed benefit to... The yoni egg gemstone insertion because basically your body is gripping onto it, and they say that it keeps it inside your banana box and helping to strengthen those vaginal muscles while it's in there. But I did do some research, and I'm pretty sure there's no scientific research or proof whatsoever to show that these jade eggs balance your hormones, cure incontinence, make sex more pleasurable. Or, shockingly enough, they don't help to heal your emotional wounds and trauma either. Mm, No shit, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, I may be biased, but I am obviously a firm believer that your best bet for strengthening your pelvic floor muscles is obviously going to be via exercise. And don't forget those good old Kegels. Uh, What I did want to mention is another practice that's all the rage these days is yoni steaming. Ugh, of course. So, your comment about saging your cucumber canal wasn't all that wrong, sir. Ugh,
1: yeah, I'm sure all of our ancestors spent a lot of time steaming their yonis.
0: No, but I'm pretty sure mom's generation were all about the vinegar douches back in the 70s and even the 80s, I think.
1: Yeah, I don't understand how that's helping with anything either. How about we just let them be in their natural state?
0: Well, for anyone who is curious, vaginal douching, derived from the French word douche, which means to wash or soak, basically you're washing your vagina with water or a mixture of water and vinegar. And they say, or they did when it was popular, that it's supposed to eliminate odors and essentially clean your Cupid's cupboard, so to speak. Are we done yet? Have you ever douched?
1: No, not once ever.
0: Yeah, me neither. But I think we should test out one of these at-home steaming kits. Uh, what's her face? Gwyneth Paltrow on Goop. Oh, she God. is all about them.
1: Of course she is.
0: It basically means that we're sitting or squatting over... She calls it a throne. And it's basically like an herb-infused steam. And when I was trying to to research this, like I think we could even make our own because some of the commonly used herbs are things that we have in mom's garden right here, right now. <laughs> uh, there's chamom- chamomile, basil... And oregano were common ones. Although I should mention also that most doctors don't recommend vaginal douching or steaming. No kidding. And let it be known that like the yoni egg, there's no scientific evidence whatsoever to suggest that vaginal steaming helps any condition. Although the spiritual hippies out there sure claim that it helps everything from infertility to depression. Depression?
1: Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the medical experts on this one. And I'm also kind of confused by the basil and oregano. Those seem like odd choices. Why would I want my vag to smell like spaghetti sauce?
0: Well, I'm guessing the oregano because, well, you know, oil of oregano is like great for immune health. It's got a lot of good antibacterial and antiviral properties.
1: But it tastes like oregano.
0: Yeah, basil, I I think it's a good cleansing herb. Maybe, hey, it'll allow us to make pesto with our vaginas.
1: (laughs) And it also goes great with the Caesar salad and a glass of red.
0: Totally. All right. Well, I like how my attempt to give more useful info has actually proven to be even less informative than cutting it off after the rotting corpse fall story.
1: <laughs> and on that note, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon pledges. Audrey, <laughs> Paulina, Keeley, and Cora Lee.
0: Hey, Cora Lee got two shout-outs on this episode. One of which she probably didn't want at all. Yeah,
1: well... And we should probably say welcome back to Natalie and Elizabeth, who were former patrons, and they've both returned.
0: Oh, cool. Welcome back. Okay. Well, that's amazing. I love that we've got these newbies and some oldies coming back. So thank you so much, ladies. Appreciate the support. Oh, so very much. And we might as well do the Patreon prize for this episode while we're at it too, no?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: What I've got, you got to give it to your mama. What I've got, you got to get it, put it in you. What I've got, you got to get it, put it in you. Reeling at the feeling, don't stop, continue. And the winner is
1: Donna O.
0: Ah, Donna is like the original OG podcast supporter. Oh, Donna. Oh. Oh, Donna. <laughs> oh, Donna. Oh, Donna. Oh, Donna. Oh, Donna. I had a girl. Supporting us for God knows how long, (laughs) but we love a girl. Donna Donna is her name. Thank you, Dee. You want some more crap? (laughs) Oh, Donna. Oh, Donna. Hey, that was perfect that i forgot all about that song but totally mom and dads yeah, that yeah, oh yeah they played that all the yeah. time man that was good so yes donna congratulations thank you for the support i will get that crap out to you real soon you lucky vip jotb super fan you we sure do love you donna thank you
1: so much donna
0: okay so let's actually wrap this episode up please We've already sang a lot, but <laughs> what song are we officially singing to conclude the stank episode, Sari?
1: Uh, I think it's called "The Smell" by Leonard Skinner.
0: And what the hell song is that? Sorry, it's called "That Smell." I still have no idea what it is.
1: Yeah, nobody knows what it is, but it's perfect for this episode.
0: All right. Well then we shall go listen to it, practice it and record it. Momentarily, stand by, folks.
1: I think it's actually about overdosing on drugs. Oh. But in this case it can be about overdosing on smelly balls.
0: <laughs> to be continued. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you! Ooh, that smell! Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell! The smell of balls surrounds you. Skinner!
1: Sharky sisters rule! And smell like pesto! Shorty Scissors out! I love myself today!